Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coops Gaming Podcast, Crispy Takes on Games and Culture. I am Justin, here with my co-host, Dustin. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's, uh, nice. It's been, a, it's been a, a great spring. It's spring, right? It's Yeah, it doesn't really feel like spring, does it? Yeah, but I mean, here, here in, in the balmy city of Winnipeg, Manitoba, we've got a foot and a half of snow on the ground again after yeah. it being zero. So, so it's like it's spring adjacent. Aside from <laughs> that, it's not freezing cold outside, and that's nice. I suppose. Yeah, the wet the the temperature has been good for those people who aren't aware. It, it we are coming out of like a blizzard type situation. We we like I don't know how what your yard was looking like, but mine was empty of snow. Yeah, yeah, I had like. All the all the water was going the right ways. I could see concrete. I was starting to think about like I could trim back some trees and deal with some of the damage of the excessive snow we had this year. And now it's all back. Like it like it yeah. was never gone. Yeah, we just got what what like how many feet? Two at least two feet, right? Of snow? <sighs> yeah. I I've given up trying to figure out how media measures snowfall. It's <laughs> like you're gonna get twenty four <laughs> inches or twenty four centimeters, I think it, it is what what they said i was like okay like 24 centimeters isn't that much that's that's a, a respectable that's a manageable depth. amount yeah and then it's like three feet i was like wait a second i know <laughs> that like i i'm not real great with my my centimeters to inches but i know that 24 centimeters isn't three feet i know that <laughs> and yet yeah here it is exactly also, as they were like announcing this this storm that we've just recently had, uh, some of the pictures from other times when Winnipeg's had like thirty centimeters, houses were were under snow, like you couldn't see their roofs. I was like, that's again not how thirty centimeters works. I know that. Yeah. So I don't. That's uh, funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's just a, like you're gonna get snow. Everything's gonna be white. We don't know how much it's actually gonna be deep. But lots have fun. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't lose power. I'm glad we didn't get snowed in. I'm just uh, feeling generally like optimistic overall, I would say. There is there's nothing worse than uh there's so much snow on the ground, you can't go out. You just got to stay home and uh not have power to game. It's like, oh, yeah. so uh. I'll just stare at the walls. What do I even do with my life now? Uh, I did end up going out to Cabela's and like getting some camping gear and stuff. Like I am planning to go camping this summer, but I did buy like a gas little gas stove and one of those like big camping water jugs. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about with the spigot and whatever. Yep. I was like, ah, I need these. I may as well do a little feel like a cool little prepper for a second here. Yeah, <laughs> we it's, it's been interesting to watch what what did you spend too much money on? Regretfully. <laughs> All, all the people with like, I've got a fifteen hundred dollar generator that I don't know what to do with now. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, that's uh, wild, <laughs> isn't it? We we we've got some uh, some power banks for our cell phones now. Our old ones had died, so I was like, oh, power banks? Yeah, like uh, you know, portable batteries, whatever you want to call them. Uh, oh sure, yeah, yeah, just something in case the power's out for a couple days, so we could keep track of what's going on in in news and whatnot. We bought some like uh, fun snacks that we've been eating, uh, which has been pretty fun. I like I like snacks. Fun snacks. Yeah, you know, some chips, <laughs> some cured oh. meats. So oh, some okay, okay. That, uh, yeah, you don't you don't always buy a lot of because they're not super great for you, and you should probably shouldn't load up on uh, fatty, salty foods. But uh, if you're gonna be stuck in a house without power for a couple days. Why not? So that was a bit fun to eat. 
Yeah, some batteries for some lanterns. Dra- dragged the barbecue into uh, the garage so that we could do all our cooking and boil water and whatnot on that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that, that one. That was the whole experience. I was like, okay, so this is pretty good. I guess we spent like 50 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That we sort of needed anyways. Yeah, I spent way more than that, but it wasn't on like, it, yeah, it was like I bought the camping stove. That was the real money. But yeah. but the camping stove is like, ah, that's fine. Like, I'm going to use that probably forever. Yeah, well, like nothing we bought was like, uh, that was only in case we lost power for an extended period of time. Everything right. was like, a, we'll use this repeatedly in our lives. And probably have been missing it and just too lazy to go out and buy it until necessity demanded it. Yeah, it was. I, I, I did some inventory around the house and I realized like I didn't have very many candles. I didn't have very, I had no flashlight, not a oh, yeah. single flashlight in my home. Yeah. <laughs> and now I own one. <laughs> you it's know, so just funny. like little things like that, you know, like. Yeah, the little things are like, oh, I actually should have had this. If something bad happened, we would have been in trouble. Yeah. And I've, I've just been sleeping on it because uh, nothing bad happened. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I don't, are you a fisher, Dustin? I don't know if you like fishing. I I am a big fan of fishing. I'm not a huge fan of fish. Oh, I see. Uh, so so I'm, the, I've, I'm happy to bend all the barbs off my hooks so you can take them out of a fish's mouth really easy. And just spend a day on a boat doing some fishing, maybe catch something. I don't even have to. Okay. okay. And I don't hate the experience. So, yes. Sport fisherman, I guess. Yeah, sure. Not one that cares about how big the fish is or keeping it. Yeah, not not, not a trophy fisher guy. Just a person who doesn't mind sitting on a lake, hanging out with friends, and uh, doing something repetitive. Yeah. It's like like, uh, the fishing minigame in real life. And who, yeah, who, exactly. Who, I who doesn't like a fishing mini game? Great, that's true. So the reason I yeah, like I, I so I love I love 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 fishing. It's it's a uh, it's one of those weird things. I'm not a very outdoorsy guy, but fishing. There's, there is something nice about the the I don't know. It feels like you get to go outdoors, which I again not a big fan of either. But you're doing something like productive that that feels like it's fun. I don't know. There's something weird about it. Uh, it's I very can't... peaceful. Yeah. And I found that it's it's a it's a great exercise in like purposeful patience. Does that make sense? Like oh, yeah. you're doing yeah. you're doing something, right? Yeah. But you to do that thing effectively in a very, you know, western productivity oriented way, you have to like slow down and just sit there. Yeah. I felt the um, same way about hunting. I've been I've been hunting once and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I've after because of all this this different stuff I've been really thinking about getting my hunter safety and getting a some kind of weapon some kind of firearm. Yeah, I, I my friends my friends tell me that it's worth looking into getting like an SKS or like one of those Russian rifles because they're very cheap apparently. Did you know you can get like a yeah you can get an SKS like something that fires like a seven six two like the like like military rounds. For like less than 500 bucks yeah obviously you know they're modified so that like as uh, that like they meet canadian gun restrictions right like five round yeah. five rounds max and stuff like that 
yeah there's um, there's there's rules about clip size and rate of fire and stuff to keep them like reasonably safe and but and they're cheap actually- they're like there's just guys out there who you can go to a gun show and they've just got like a literal like crate full of like yeah. russian surplus sks that's funny <laughs> and they're great for hunting like that thing all that'll do the job yeah yeah i like like thoughtful careful like mindful hunting i'm, I'm into the, the yeah, the, I don't like, really get the beer, the beer and and like and whatever blasting off rounds like type hunting. I don't get it. Nah, honestly, if that's what you're up for, like you can actually just do that out somewhere. Like you, <laughs> like you, you can go to like a, an old quarry and uh, and experience that kind of thing just fine. I would, I would never want to hurt an animal unduly like that. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's that that was actually my biggest stress about going hunting was I I was so terrified of hurting an animal and not like it, it not being quick and efficient. So so yeah, but but no, it, it went great. I had a lot of fun just chilling in a tree. Oh yeah, tree you did a you did a tree stand? Yeah, just just breathing nice. in the cool air and and watching the sun slowly come up and also got food, which was a big bonus too cuz I liked that, that that what we shot we we cleaned and cut and dressed yeah and yeah used it all. I am excited to learn how to like fillet a fish properly. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be fun. It's probably gonna be very difficult, and I'm gonna butcher it, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's part part of the part yeah. of the learning process. So all that to say, I'm actually really looking up. I'm really looking forward to spring. I'm really, really looking forward to summer. I'm planning to. We should actually. We should connect. We should get a, a time to go up. Go up the river and fish. Yeah. I actually brought that up because I just looked in the corner and I had. I bought a new. I don't actually own a fishing rod. I had one growing up, but I didn't own one as an adult. And I buy. I went to Cabela's. They had a spring Easter weekend sale. Got myself nice. a nice new rod and reel. Got Freya her own rod and reel. Uh, she is absolutely over the moon about it. She's been playing with it. Like we put a little uh, like toy fish on the end. So she's been practicing casting and just loving it. Cool. But let's uh, let's turn to our topic for the day, if that's good. Yeah. I'm Speaking good of outdoorsy fishing, uh, how's your yeah. gaming going? <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'm always good for for good extended intros i like it um so what we wanted to talk about a bit today is we're gonna do a bit of a roundup on my experience with elden ring your experience with horizon forbidden west and then we're gonna move into talking about patches and like like updates and kind of the update culture i'm really curious to to compare notes here because I think both communities, Elden Ring and Forbidden West, have really been a bit, yeah, polarized or or just just there seems to be a lot of tension around the patches because people seem to have very big, at least in Elden Ring for sure, people seem to have very big difference of opinion about what they should be changing, what they shouldn't be changing, you know, especially for... You know, both of these games are largely offline or like, so we'll, we'll compare some notes about that. But I, w- I do want to start with just your general, like retrospective Horizon Forbidden West. Like, tell me about it. Having beaten it, played it through and all that. Like, what's your what's your thoughts? Man, I, I like off the bat, I'll say I, I'm really looking forward to like a new game plus because 
I loved everything about it. I loved the the story. I thought was was even better than the first. Compelling, thoughtful, s- still giving you something to look forward to, and and increasing depth of character and world. And I really want to play it again to experience it all over again. But I know a new game plus will come soon, uh, where you can take some of your stuff and and do it without having to like regrind some of the maybe a little more grindy parts. But I think I think overall what they did and are doing is they just they took everything that was good about the first one and just slightly added to it and then slightly decreased the bad things so no no massive slider changes in the game just subtle subtle tweaks to what a formula that was working i think that's where they i think that's that's the my overall reflection of it is a solid slight improvement of the first all across the board to go back to something you said a little bit earlier, there's no new game plus. There isn't yet. Okay, uh, think, and that is a planned update. Yeah, it, it was a it was a big it was a big thing in the first one. It's a big thing in I think games like this, and they they have Gorilla has said it is something that that's coming in the near future. So it's just a matter of waiting for it. Because, yeah, so this end game wise, there's not a lot. Once you've sort of done everything, seen everything, been everywhere, it's like either either you challenge yourself to like see if you can kill some things faster or, or deal with some things quicker. But there's no like collect, gain, build. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, so it's it's not a game built, I think, with a lot of, of long term end game in mind okay interesting yeah like elden elden ring has built in new game plus right from the ground up so i'm just like trying to understand where it goes from there yeah i so i i have a suspicion that there's a lot of tweaking to to enemy difficulty and challenge and uh, what you do with like restarting a story bringing all that stuff in that i i don't i don't know how big a studio gorilla is i don't think it's massive it's got sony behind it but it's not something they started off with but usually but usually shows up sooner or later hmm. how about how Elden ring how's how's elden ring doing a couple months in yeah it's it's really man it's been such a weird experience like the Elden Ring and and Dark Souls games in general have always been weird in that they are a bit esoteric. The oh, the way that a lot of the mechanics and and the things behind the scenes work are not very clear and not very easy to understand. So often like I've been making a lot of TikTok content and stuff and and I will make a video that explains something and like 50% of the people will just say that i'm wrong without knowing anything different uh-huh. <laughs> like there's no there's nothing else is like there's no counter like assertion or like it's just no you're wrong and i'm just like i know i i i do i am right <laughs> this is a fact <laughs> like i present very few opinions on the channel like anyway whatever so the, one of the things that I've noticed is that Elden Ring has had massive success compared to all the other ones. Okay. Like it's a it's a triple to quadruple the player base type growth. 
like the majority of the player base now are people who have never touched a Souls game before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So a lot of people have really crappy opinions about the game and where the game should go. <laughs> because you have you you have this really divided player base of like the yeah, like like open world game players, people who have would probably play Forbidden West. <laughs> And then they're coming into Elden Ring and Elden Ring is a very complicated game like all the other Souls games because it is a, it is, you know, focused on difficulty and challenge, but it's also focused on push like PVP is a huge element of, of the game. So the game is, has always been balanced around and yeah, just like uh a lot of people will find a play style that they really like and then they it's for them it's a largely single player experience right yeah because they're not really many people choose to specifically avoid the online interaction stuff which is fair like obviously play how you like but the then you get you know but in in every other context or even in a more objective way of looking at it, it's like there are certain kinds of builds in, in Elden Ring that are just completely broken compared to other ones. And so, you know, you call the, the pot, the, the kettle black and people get really pissed (laughs) because they're, they're like talking, you're, they're like, you're, 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 you're trying to change what I love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, it's it's been but okay I'll I'll back up a little bit here back to like the retrospective I am actually I'm planning on pr- on producing an entire like proper review of the game so I won't try and spoil too much of it but it's definitely hovering around the kind of eight out of ten rating for me it's a good game it's really good it's very fun I have put I think I'm three hundred and twenty hours plus at this point like it's really really good I'm having a ton of fun it's definitely not the masterpiece that everyone says it is the 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 optimization for PC is weak it is very it still has very poor performance on certain setups it's not really an innovative game that might piss some people off but it it's not it's not really like it's combining two well-established ideas, which is a cool move, but it doesn't do anything really new with any of that. Right. It's taking Dark Souls and a bog-standard Ubisoft-style open-world game and just putting them together. Uh-huh. Right? And that's yeah. nice and appealing and and even fun. Right? Like, I love open-world games. They're very fun. But yeah. There's no real innovation on the open world side of things, and there's no real innovation on the Dark Souls side of things. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Right? Like, I, I would, I would say the reason that I would give it a, a pretty high, like keep it at an eighth instead of maybe a seven or a more like kind of mid range score is that like it, it does do a lot of really interesting. Like, I think that it, it has taken a lot of first steps to blending the idea of like an open world with that kind of dangerous and threatening feeling that dark souls gives you. Right. Yeah. yeah, Um, and the game world is very full. There's like, there's not a lot of just like ride across this empty area. There's nothing to do here. Right. There's like, there's ruins, there's enemies, there's like, and there's just stuff to do everywhere. So there's a really great amount of exploration there. 
so that's that's a really interesting thing to me in that one of the criticisms that like a lot of the the ubisoft open world games gets is there's too much just stuff you know what i mean like like everywhere you go it's just oh here's a little thing here's a little thing the map's just cluttered with uh with tokens of of find this thing do that thing here's here's another little group if only there was just some space to just like look around and and see the landscape that that's fascinating that that where that's seen as a like hindrance in a bunch of open world games in a dark souls game it's actually something that you're saying is like a that's a benefit to the to the game that there's a little more to do everywhere yeah and and i would say it's like it's it's a very it's a tight openness Right. If that makes sense, like it, it, there are games where the volume feels like, whoa, and each of the generally speaking, each of the things that exist on the map are very different from one another. You, you see some similar formulas emerge, right? Like there's a like, so if, if there is a ruin on the map, that means that you can explore that that ruin and then like somewhere in the ruin, there are stairs that go down. And then generally in the basement, there's like some sort of treasure, maybe a mini boss or something. Right. Right. So that's very formulaic, but they are very, they are very, they are very fresh. I never did one of those and thought, wow, this is just copy pasted. Each one felt different. I never felt sure what I was going to see, what I was going to get into. And so, so that's definitely worth applauding. Nice. And, and I mean, it helps that the environmental and world design is just like insane. It's so good, like right. visually. Yeah, and they do I, a lot of Dark Soulsy style surprise moments where there's like something that you really didn't expect will happen, but in an open world context. Right. The classic example is you're riding through a swamp in the early parts of the game, and like a dragon just like lands. Right. If you if you go through this one spot, the dragon just shows up, and that's just like very cinematic, very fun, very dangerous. Right. Like so. And then you can choose to like fight him or like come back later, whatever you want to do. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I would say like similar. I, I would give a, a similar like score and and vibe out of Horizon Two. It's not like it's it is not a revolutionary game. It's not changing the 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 meta of what it does. It's not even trying. I don't think they're even trying to pretend like that's what they were, they weren't going for innovative. Or if they were, they they failed. <laughs> <laughs> they i think they were going for just do this thing well it's a beautiful game it's yeah in a, in a genre that was already beautiful and, and a game that was known for like setting a particular aesthetic nailed it it did just everything a little better and i also like i i would say my my impression of horizon sounds a lot like your impression of elden ring it was there was lots of new things to see i, I even though it was like the ruins have puzzles in them and this place is going to have like, you know, some kind of robot dinosaur. It was always like, it's all a brand new cast of stuff from the first one. And they do different kinds of attacks or, or sometimes you run into a slightly different version of, of a creature that, that requires you to like think a little bit differently about how to face it. They really amped up, the types of weapons you have available to you and the ways they interact with the environment and creatures. So yeah, I, I, I'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what happens if Elden Ring tries it too. 
Like, what do you do if if you've already done Dragon Appears in the Swamp and uh, Weird Cart being hauled by super monsters with chains stuck in their bodies? Like, what if what if the players already know about those things? Right? Yeah. What, uh, what, what's the... Is there still the same appeal? Do you still get the same experience? And, and what do you take from, from thing one into thing two? I know what has been... I think maybe interesting. Just I, I try to f- keep keep track of what Elden Ring's going on, even though I don't play it. <laughs> About it, <laughs> it's well, I mean, it's it's a big enough game, and it's kind of it's been something in the world now that it's worth just as a gamer n- knowing what's happening with it. You know, like there's there's games that you should just keep track of, even if it's not the type of game you play. And I, I think that's one that we should all be watching to see how how the community engages with it what it does because it might shape stuff in the future but the the patch notes i love reading the patch notes with no context to the game it's they have some of my favorite patch notes where it's just like this random thing uh no longer does uh a whole bunch of stuff or this thing was was making the game playable and so we changed it what did you did you have you read the elden ring patch notes is that what you're telling me I, ha- I haven't read the most recent, but yeah, typically I oh, read their patch notes because I think that's they're... crazy. Uh, reading I've patch notes. I've never heard of people reading patch notes of games they don't play. I love them. If if it's a game that's that's well built, yeah, it, they're super fun because you just get the you get insight into something that's happening, and then get to watch how the community reacts to it. Boy, you see like a, a slight nerf. Like I can't wait to see how changing bleeds is gonna cause people to just go off oh man people are literally <laughs> going off in my comments right now because they because some because people want it bleed bleed to get nerfed it's not even nerfed and and people are angry like uh-huh. the, the people pro bleed people are angry and it hasn't been nerfed that's <laughs> that's what's so like whatever i i just like uh, it hasn't even been nerfed, guys. We just want it to be like relax. So I, I that is so fascinating to me that 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 in a I, in a single player game, people figured out a way to play the game in a way they like. They gave them an edge, and then it changes. I, I wish I understood maybe developers a bit better. So same thing happened in Horizon. They there's a bunch of cool weapons people found some like good ways to like be able to to farm pretty effectively especially once they were upgraded like some of the legendary stuff and then they just like nerf batted the heck out of all of these weapons took their crit chance down took their chance to like cause effects down took their damage down to the point where like you're actually worse off using like legendary hard to get weapons because they're they take a lot of resources to use and it's cheaper to use the like run of the mill stuff which i cannot i can't fathom why you do that in a single player game i i get if you're doing pvp there's a whole world of balance that you've got to manage otherwise mm-hmm. like everybody just does the one thing and and cheeses each other but when you're playing a predominantly single player game why would you make why would you ever weaken people? Man, yeah. the, the the last couple of patches for Horizon have have just been reducing the efficacy of certain weapons and armors. That's see, that's what's really weird for me is like I 
I care. I think patching matters for Dark Souls. I mean, excuse me, Elden Ring, because it's specifically because it's a multiplayer game, right? Yeah. If it wasn't, I'd be like, who cares? Right. And I think that's fair. Like, as soon as you introduce PvP, you introduce like a dynamic that needs to be balanced in some way. But as long as there's, as long as it's PVE or, or just a single player experience, the like reducing efficacy boggles my mind. Yeah. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, because the point is you can, you can intentionally create imbalanced things and that's actually a good game design in a single player game. Yeah, I think if if Borderlands has taught us anything, it's that. We'll just break the game in a lot of different ways. And then you get to decide what weird broken thing you're going to do. And just have fun right, with right. it. Just have fun with the weird broken things. Yeah, so patching's been really weird. There, Some of it makes little sense to me. Like, they just, the most recent Horizon patch changed a bunch of legendaries to make them worse at their lower levels because you can kind of build them up. Mm-hmm. But they're... They're the same as they were pre-patch at their max. <clears throat> so so basically, they just want you to get them to max level before they're as efficient. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is a way of manufacturing in-game content. Sure. But, or like just providing upgrade opportunities or, or customization, right? Like, Yeah, but it does just say like, oh, so we've just made efficiency with a weapon you really like and worked hard to get harder until you do more grinding. And I, I don't know if I love that decision. Although again, I like there's been a lot of, there has been a lot of hubbub saying if they do new game plus, these things might be more balanced on a replay. So if you're going to take this like super legendary weapon forward, uh, maybe it's better if it's not quite as strong. The end game's still going to, like at the very end of the game, it's still going to feel maybe a little underpowered, but because of the prevalence of, of more stuff and some of these like lower level things or easier to defeat encounters, it might trivialize the game. So maybe that's coming, but right. but it's it's really frustrating to see it. Although there is, again, also this other side of people who are, who are like, I'm so glad they nerfed this. This game was too easy. It was just a baby game. <laughs> I, that, I, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you get that in Elden Ring too. Yeah, just play, if that's, if you, just play, there's Elden Ring for you, man. Like, there's, uh, that. yeah, that's, that's been my, I was like, well, if this is such a baby game for you, why are you playing it? Like, yeah, why, fair. why are you also, so angry? There's nothing wrong with serving up a hot plate of power fantasy in a single player game. Like just go for it. Yeah. Right. It's very different to do that in a, in a single player game than, than in a multiplayer game. That, that is so yeah. just something I love about single player games is that it, I, it doesn't have to be balanced so that we, we have equal opportunity. I, I can just be unreasonably strong in a game yeah. just run around whoop stuff have fun yeah it's nice to have a few games like that i don't want every game to be like that because yeah, at that some point sense. then it's like i've then i'm i mean i could just roll a, a six-sided dice where all the where all the pips have been changed to sixes yeah uh, exactly yahtzee yeah i mean like, like playing <laughs> D if you have a, a d20 that only has 20s on it like that's fun for a little bit 
and yeah. then it stops being fun. Exactly. And then you want to like, well, I'll, I'll take one with with where fifteen's the highest just to see how that goes. And eventually, you just end up going like, now nah, I'll just I'll just take my old D twenty because I've now I've done a little make my life harder, make my life easier. Now I'll just go back to the randomness that yeah. is probably the best. I, I like to think that that's what they're trying to do with patching is get us to randomness, uh, that kind of yeah. even thing. But man, it, it doesn't feel like it right now. And boy, oh boy, uh, do people feel strongly about it on both sides. Yeah. I mean, uh, tell me about it, dude. <laughs> Like, so, so my philosophy when it, like when it comes to balancing and patching and all of these kinds of things is that buffing is greater than nerfing. So if something is very specifically problematic, it needs to be nerfed. But otherwise I think that the way towards good balance in games is to number one, buff things that suck. Like if some, like if something is too strong, you buff other things and, and that could even include making enemies harder or something like that, but like not actually necessarily touching the efficacy and the way the play style of a certain thing, unless it's like particularly problematic and, but like, and especially in a single player game, I think there's no reason not to do that unless obviously it's something like it's functioning not as intended. Like it's doing something that you didn't design it to do. And I that, think that, I, th- I totally agree. When when a game isn't doing what it was designed to do, and I was like, oh, players realize that if they stood in this one spot, enemies won't path there, and we could just uh, shoot them down to nothing without being touched. So we patch that. Yeah, that's great. Good patching. Yep. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Patching like glitches and and those things. That's good. Changing numbers, like, like so one of the things that's really cool is this patch that just came out for Dark Souls 1.04 is 99% buffing crappy items. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. There's a few in there that I'm like, I that was silly. I don't know why you did that. But on the whole, it's a, it's a very like buff oriented patch. So I'm very happy with it in that way. The, yeah, like I, I think I, I just honestly think there's like, I, I'm curious about, about balance philosophy. Like what, what makes a game quote unquote balanced if we're trying to do that? Like, I, I don't think, especially with these single player oriented games, I don't think that having every weapon be equal is a good idea. Yeah, I agree. Like it's bad actually, <laughs> right? Like they, they should be strong in different ways. Yeah. Like, and the that, rare that, crazy items should probably be stronger than the rest. Yeah, they should punch harder, right? hit easier, reload faster, whatever whatever it is that uh, they're made to do. Yeah. I, I also like when they do it uniquely. That like it, it doesn't have to be like, oh, so this is the best of the generic bows. It just bows the best. I like when it <laughs> bows different. Yeah, so utility. This, yeah, this one has a an interesting combination of of skills or abilities on it 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 gives you the best like here's the the three things you're probably going to use the most so it happens to have them all you know when the game realizes you need fire and acid and cold and instead of making you switch between weapons constantly to figure that out here's the one legendary one that has all three elements on it right 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 
and uh, yeah, it's made your game playing more efficient and yeah. also does you know a, a good good amount of damage good everything else but gives you that unique point or this one shoots three arrows instead of one and that's why it does more damage or some, something interesting and lots of games do it so i i, I know it can be done so it, it, yeah, it does sh- I, shock me when they just nerf something down into nothing or and i think that that's like for me one of the things that is most frustrating is that I think that there is a lack of transparency and communication about what should be powerful in the eyes of the developer. Right. Yeah, like you know, it, it's, oh. it seems like, like, yeah, like let to me, so calling something a legendary weapon is like, okay, that's meant to be powerful. But like all the, almost all the legendary weapons in dark souls are awful. Like Why? there's a couple that people, I mean, people like to use them, but like, yeah, the best items in the game are these kind of like middle of the road, like like mid game mad like items, like and they're just better. Huh. <laughs> Part of the problem is that's kind of always what it's been like in 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 Dark Souls. Like these legendary okay. weapons usually are trying to be very unique, so they have very unique ways of using them, and but they because of that they're just worse. Right. <laughs> so I like, I guess I guess I can kind of get on board with that. Uh, to a certain degree, uh, as a not Dark Souls player, if a if a middle, if if a reasonably acquirable weapon is pretty good, that appeals to me because I'm probably not going to be able to get those legendary ones because I'm <laughs> I'm not going to get good enough. And I maybe that's it. Uh, but I you know the idea of a developer putting out a patch notes and then saying. So here's why we tweaked this. This is what we were seeing in the community. This is what we were seeing as we played it. What we were hoping to do is get people to use this more. So we've kind of slightly decreased the the effects of whatever A is so that to encourage B usage. Even just to give that, to at least be like, oh, well, I don't want to use B, so I'm disappointed. But I can at least understand. Yeah, yeah. Tell us like what you're shooting for here, right? Like, yeah. Give us the the details. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I I think that will make go a long way. Wow, uh, it would go a long way to buying my piece with how people patch. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably wishful thinking to think that there still won't be somebody going off in the comments. Yeah, there's always going to be those those people. There um, is. I I mainly just like I'm really astounded by the amount of people. So I have to go off on this for a sec. I'm astounded by the number of people who are so confidently ignorant. <laughs> like, like, okay, I said this on stream, but like, I take my job as making content for Elden Ring, like really seriously. Like I've been playing this game since doing Dark Souls and like, it was really hard to figure out how the flip that game worked. Right. Nobody was making guides in 2011. Right. You know, like the first lore videos for like to even explain how the story works cut, came out like years after the game came out. Uh-huh. And and like so I I'm approaching making videos with this with the level of like I I do hours of research per video. I am a part of like a community of people who are doing like data mining and like competitive PVP. So like paying attention to the numbers, the frame data, all this stuff is like normal activity. And like, 
<clears throat> and then I come out with a video being like, this is really strong. And there's always just some jerk who's just like, no, it's trash. And it's just like, like you have no, you have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know why you are so confident. Especially I, what I expected was I expected the new players of Elden Ring to be a little more humble, to be honest. Oh yeah. The game humbles you. You know what I mean? Like the game's hard. Right. But I I think a lot of the new players have fallen into the same traps that a lot of the veteran, some of the veteran players fall into, like, which is trying to sound like everything is super easy for you as a way of like, you know, as, as a way of like flexing, you know, accumulating status. Yeah. Like establishing your cred. Yeah, like there's always on every single one of my videos, there's always a guy who comments, don't get hit. Like I'll be offering advice and uh, it's just like, don't get hit. It's like, I, that's you, we, I know that you get hit. Like, don't like you are, you're coming in the comments to make that comment, to make it seem like you are so good that you don't get hit. Right. Like <laughs> there are, there are probably maybe 10 players globally that do successful no hit runs like where they play the entire game through with no hits it's a small community yeah so yeah i don't know like tiktok is also very strict about comment like comments especially as a creator so like i am not safe to clap back at some of these people because you can make a, you can make a very tame thing, and it's like your comment got flagged for cyberbullying. <laughs> really? Yeah, huh. that's pro- that's probably good. I mean, I've I I periodically use Twitter, so I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like cruelty uh, that people are capable of on an online platform is is pretty shocking at times. That's true. So, so attempting to limit that, especially on a platform where there are people of various ages, minorities, all doing stuff, they don't they don't need they don't need that coming at them all the time. Yeah, but it does amaze me how how like in a in a community of here's an interesting, fun, uh, challenging kind of thing that that people would just that people can be so angry about it. It's it's a little saddening, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, but a patch day is one of my favorite days. It was a great day back in the World of Warcraft world. Oh to yeah. See what what sort of broken insanity happened? But boy, watching the patches on like I said, I've I've really loved the the Elden Ring patch notes followed by the <laughs> players where someone goes like oh finally this was so easy i couldn't even believe they let this in the game and the next person's like this is the stupidest thing how is this game even playable now why would they yeah, even do that yeah, of course just the the back and forth is is wonderful to me wonderfully horrifically wonderful <laughs> yeah horizon it's it's been there's there's a too much crazy crazy stuff other than uh, a lot of people saying, "Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna nerf all the stuff we really like doing, and the weapons we really like, I guess we all are waiting for a new game plus or something." Like, 
what's the hopefully there's some end game plan here to make it feel like that is worthwhile and maybe it will be yeah i i i honestly just just it's just everyone just needs to take a freaking breath like about all of it like I, I I think developers need to be way, in my opinion, I think developers need to be way slower with patches, um, way more thoughtful. And I think the, like, metas develop and then counter metas and adaptations develop if your game's good. Yeah. Right? And in multiplayer settings, right? Yeah. Part of me worries that a lot of developers patch their games because they're expected to now. It's like part of this your game is a live service idea model. Well, I was just I was thing. just kind of thinking that that as well. Like is it is this a way to like make it like to justify the cost of the game or your employment? Is is it a way that you kind of keep people on their toes so hopefully they'll keep playing the game? Yeah, maybe the maybe the developer meta has changed. So that, so, the, so yeah. that you got to keep doing this this weird stuff. If that's the case, I, I feel bad for them. I definitely believe that that's the case. Like we talked about it in the monetization episode a while ago, but like the yeah the what do you call it? There's this entire idea that games are a live service now, and it is that carries with it the idea that it is a platform. It is not a con. It is not content anymore. And it just disappoints me a lot when developers start treating the last kind of vestiges that we have of like, I own this game as this fixed product that you've sold me and are still trying to kind of do that, like forever changing, forever updating thing with it, you know? Yeah. Like what if I have something in my life that isn't commodified? Just one thing, this thing. Or, or isn't isn't constantly commodified right like it's like you were sold it and then you know now it can be over right like that's done like let me just enjoy this thing and do what i want with it you know what i mean like enjoy it in the way that i want to enjoy it yeah and and maybe like you can update stuff from time to time it's always nice to have a little update if if you come up with some like i'm a huge fan of dlcs well well Bonus contents, extra stuff. I'll even I'm even content paying for them because mm. someone did the work. Like I, I do I think there's a rough spot for developers in that that there's so much like, well, we gotta keep put, putting out content and it's gotta be free. So, no, it doesn't. We actually can suck it up and pay for it. Just make it good. Yeah. Uh, but, totally. But please but please don't nerf stuff so that I'll pay for new content. Because I will see through that real fast. Yeah. And angrily. <laughs> yeah. And and, if, and I do, it almost feels like maybe there's somewhere there's a, a somebody in the story who's coming down on developers to be like, well, you gotta, gotta, we gotta get more people to put money back into this. So let's nerf something or mess something up so that they'll re-up. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's the it's it's the moving target idea, right? Like 
if your if your build gets nerfed, you feel like you need to come back in the game and get a build a new one. Yep. Right. And the truth is that this is all just strategy because these games are becoming massively more and more expensive to build. And companies are trying to double and triple dip in everything, right? Like they when they're developing a game, it's like not enough to develop a game anymore for these AAA places. Like you need to develop a game and you have to develop your own engine so that you can sell proprietary access to the engine. And then you can use the engine for government projects for some sort of simulation or whatever you know what i mean like like those are the kinds of things that are actually going on in these companies right it just beats on beats on beats yeah and it's and so i i just really hope that i do hope that the patches slow down for elden ring i do hope that they become a little more thoughtful and then i hope that they stop and then i hope we get good dlc yeah, I like that system. I noticed, I think I saw today that Ghost of Tsushima has done their last patch. So they're they're at peace with where the game's at and are now just content to let it live in the world. And I saw the thought like, oh, that's a little sad, but also not really. Like those guys get to go on and make new projects now. And this is what it is. It just is. Also, I mean, if you've played it, it's another brilliant piece of, of like single player narrative gaming that I don't actually know if it went through many nerfs or buffs. It it like tweaked to to get it running well. Which which says something maybe says something more than, than we've that I've realized uh that, that when a game doesn't when people feel like it doesn't need to be buffed or nerfed too much, that that might actually be one of the signs of, of, of a well-built game more than I thought in the past. Yeah. And I feel ultimately like at the end of the day, that's like, that's kind of what we're hoping for, right? Is, is the, is having a games that are solid, right? Yeah. Not without that flaw, are, just solid. Because games have flaws. They're games. That's how games, like, you can't do everything perfect. And maybe as consumers, we ask too much at times. We do. I I mean, I've definitely been guilty of, I wish this game had this, and I wish this game had that, going like, you know, I could actually just, just appreciate what someone did and, and how well they did it, as long as they did it well. If they did it really bad, then it's like, well, guys... But, but I, I actually I end up playing a lot of indie games for that reason because often they're reasonably stable and they do something that someone really wanted to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for, for those of you with Game Pass, I, I can't recommend Lost in Random enough. What Lost in Random. Lost in Random. It, it hit Game Pass very recently. It's got a weird claymation-y kind of animation to it. It's a story driven mediocre combat kind of card <laughs> thing that's odd but what a what a, an interesting little game i i would yeah i'd pay for it i i think what it, what they what they've done with this weird little game is is worth doing 
maybe maybe we buy more of those kind of games and and our triple a guys will learn to take it easy i think an, an, a topic for the next time before we kind of close out for today i th- is like i think i want to talk about what comes after open world because the the open world game is very much dominating the triple a consciousness right now and i i to be honest i i don't love it <laughs> because i don't think anyone's really doing anything interesting with it i think it's just a format that is no longer serving exciting experiences That's- i think that it is bog standard and and there's nothing like like breath of the wild was the last thing to do something interesting with an open world and like i i want something else that keeps the feelings of exploration but like the idea of open world specifically with the trappings that it comes with, you know, the go to an area and unlock the map, you know, things like that. Like I really want to talk about what comes after that. Or is there even like, or, or is there anywhere else to go in terms of design because of, of the way that people imagine games, right? Like, is there a way of capturing the sense of adventure and exploration that is, does things differently than the, than the way the developers kind of are doing it right now? Yeah. So, so, so for, uh, for all the listeners to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. But not today. <clears throat> we will say no words about this today for you. Yeah. Today is not the day. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me, Dustin. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we should have this one up soon. I'm really excited to use my new video editor thing to make content out of this. I'm very excited. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. As always, feel free to check out the uh links associated with the podcast. Uh we've got a YouTube channel, a TikTok, uh Twitch stream, and a Patreon account that you can all take a look at. And thank you again for those who are already supporting us. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Dustin. Thanks for chatting with me about this stuff. It was really cool to hear your insights about about Forbidden West. It's a series I haven't been able to touch, so I enjoy the insight. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I I, I my <clears throat> my reflection on it is that they do seem to keep they've they've done what they do to the best. Maybe that it's been done. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best open world single player kind of adventures of its kind. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. If if I'm assuming they're making a third one, I I don't know what they'll tweak to make it even better. I don't think they have to tweak much. And I'm okay with that. All right. Okay, well that's I think we'll recall it for this this episode. Perfect. Okay. We'll see you, everybody out there next time. Thanks for listening.